We welcome you to the Selection Show special edition of the Amatelica TIES podcast with your host, George Shirley. Jai Shields, uh, got a good show here for you on this special Sunday show. It is that time, that special Sunday of the year. And no, I'm not talking about Super Bowl Sunday. It's Selection Sunday of the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament. And who better to have on this show than a uh, Wisconsin Badger himself, who I've been told and have actually had the opportunity to listen to on a couple of occasions, uh, him uh, bless the airways with his, uh, <laughs> with his uh, uh, fantastic voice of uh, his Wisconsin uh, Badger uh, men's basketball team, the one and the only, Colin Russo. Colin, good to have you on, my friend here on this Selection Sunday. How are you doing on this March afternoon? Jai, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing just fine, just fine. Uh, a lot of good college basketball this weekend, so there's not too much to complain about. 100%. Let's jump right into it, and we shall begin with your Wisconsin Badgers uh, first. Uh, I remember, and we had Colin on, of course, uh, in the you know during the NCAA tournament last year, if you guys remember, last uh, March of 2021. And I remember Colin, you, you know, came on the show and was complaining left and right about, you know, and again, I asked, you know, what was wrong? Why isn't Wisconsin, you know, up to up to par up to standards? You know, what is the issue with the coaching, the players themselves, what the issue is? And Colin, you know, like all fans do with me and my Bengals and he being a Wisconsin Badger, same ordeal. You know, we complain and we moan and groan and we bellyache about what goes wrong with our team. And, and we're essentially Dr. Doomsday. And then a year and off season goes by. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's a totally different team. And, and the attitude and the mindset of the fan base is completely different. You know, whether it's whether it's Colin with his Wisconsin team that ended up uh, becoming the Big Ten regular season uh, champions or with my Cincinnati Bengals that, of course, won the AFC conference championship and played in Super Bowl 56. But Colin, you live there, go to school there. You're a part of the Wisconsin University of Wisconsin fabric. Explain before you go in depth with the team itself. Explain the energy up in Madison concerning this uh, Wisconsin basketball team amongst the student body and the university itself. Right. Uh, people are into it. And I know you mentioned last year and how there was a little bit more confusion and sort of like a worry about how the team would really fare in March. And you, it's hard to compare because last year, you got to remember, there's no fans or anything. Uh, there's really no energy to build off of. And uh, it was a completely different team last year. But as for this year, I, I mean, the, the, the town, the, the city, student body, Everybody's so into it, and I think part of it that really helps is having somebody like Johnny Davis a part of the team. You know, a guy who's going to be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft, definitely. Uh, he's a Big Ten player of the year. You know, not really the type of fabric of player that Wisconsin has really seen uh, since, like, the likes of uh, Kaminsky and Decker. So it's sort of like having that big-time player, the marketable player, the kid that is talked about at a national level. I think it changes the whole scope of how people really view a team because, you know, that in every in each every game you probably most likely have the best player on the floor, and that's a very uh, very lucky uh, luxury to have. And uh, I think that really changes how people really view one the team and two the opportunity to kind of compete and potentially make a mar a run in March. So that was great. And uh, guards just done a terrific job with developing these guys. Got new guys in. They play faster. 
Uh, they, they take a lot more shots, a little more offensively inclined, less protect the ball. Uh, and they still do what they do, and they still Wisconsin, but they just added a new element to it, and that kind of changed a lot of things for, I think, the fan base. How was the energy that night when you guys won the uh, regular season Big Ten championship? Explain oh, yeah. the energy in the building. Uh, they, uh, when we played that Purdue game, I mean, that I don't think there's been a, a game like that in the Kohl Center in quite a couple of years. And uh, that was a game that I was lucky enough to be at. I was lucky enough to call, be on the call for that game. Uh, it was a brilliant game, for one. And two, it was like kind of a surreal environment because it was a big whiteout. You know, Kohl Center is not really – that big of a college environment. Uh, I've said some bad things about the Cole Center before. I think it's a little too NBA. And, uh, but that game and that game, especially uh, it was a whiteout kind of really gave you that college vibe. I thought that was awesome to be a part of and uh, kind of added to it because usually it's a little, you know, you got the fans that have the season tickets. It's less student inclined. I don't know. It's kind of like a dome instead of like, I don't know, like a little barn kind of like, like the usual college environment, like Mackey arena or assembly hall or something like that, or Cameron indoor. But uh, that game, that game especially, was just the energy was just something different. Hundred uh, percent. Going back to your point about Johnny Davis averaging nineteen points, eight rebounds, two assists, shooting forty three percent from the field. One of the best players, if not the best player, in the Big Ten this twenty twenty one twenty two basketball season. Let's speaking of Johnny Davis, let's go in depth with the team. Talk about how, you know, just the prolific, just the prolific score he is and, and the contributions he makes on that team. Uh, Big Ten player of the year, of course, he made the all Big Ten team. Talk about how much of a vital force he is in that offense and kind of like how the, his, the rest of his teammates kind of feed off of the energy he brings on a night and night out basis. Right. And back to the point where I was talking about he's like kind of that that big NBA prospect type of guy. For a couple of things, one, he's definitely worthy of the of the status he has. Uh, he's definitely a top player in the Big Ten. He's terrific in the mid-range game, and, and he's a terrific shot creator. Uh, his three-point game is solid. It's not great. And going to the basket, he's usually pretty good. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he's got a very good athletic build. Uh, but as for, like, him and his scoring, uh, he's a very effective scorer. Uh, he has games, obviously, where he's cold, and we don't really know if he's healthy at the moment, so hopefully he's healthy by the time we hit next week. But um, – as for him and as for the team, especially, they feed off of him because he's such a, a spotlight is such on him. If you're a mm -hmm. team scouting and stuff like that, it opens up things up for other guys. And, you know, at first it was kind of the Johnny Davis show. But as we kind of developed into the year a little bit and started getting these bigger wins, uh, it was really kind of like a team victory type of thing. And guys like Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepper and Brad Davison, they all fed off the fact that Johnny Davis was the number one guy and they could be two and three and four comfortably. And they didn't necessarily have to be as game planned as often or as much. And it kind of opens up opportunities for them to one grow and gain experience. And I think that's really going to help us this month. But uh, as for him, I mean, like he's made a world of a difference offensively and making a difference for us. You anticipate a deep NCAA tournament run from these guys? Uh, I think, I think it's possible. I don't think uh, it's fair to say that, but uh, I think for, especially for that bracket, uh, you know, it's a couple teams that really haven't really played that well. Uh, Auburn really hasn't yet. Haven't really had a, a ton from Auburn in the last three or four weeks. Uh, Wisconsin obviously is coming off two bad losses, uh, and then you have Providence who just got uh, destroyed by Creighton. Uh, Iowa's have been playing pretty well, and then Kansas is obviously great. But uh, as for that team, I think it's an it's an open bracket, and I do think Wisconsin is capable of making a run. They have that good mix of comfortable playing. They could they the defense travels. They have the best player on the floor, like I said, in most of the games they play. 
you know, it's a team that obviously is comfortable playing in tight games. They're 15 and three in games decided by six points or less. They were 15 and one. They've lost the last two, actually. Uh, but so they're comfortable playing in a big time game. Um, obviously, uh, they're, they could hit their threes. They play good defense. They protect the ball. That stuff matters in the tournament and keeping comfortable. So I do think they're, they're capable of making a run. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do for my bracket yet. I'm probably going to have them make a run just for the sake of rooting for it. But right. definitely a team that can be very dangerous uh, as you kind of get, get into the thick of the tournament. Right. And as we transition, let's break down those brackets, go through it uh, east and then work our way uh, around the horn here. Any uh, You got Baylor going up against uh, Norfolk State, North Carolina taking on Marquette. UCLA, who lost the uh, the Pac-12 championship to uh, Arizona the other night, uh, taking on uh, taking on Akron, Texas versus the ACC conference champion Virginia Tech, Purdue, Yale, Murray State taking on San Francisco, Kentucky taking on St. Pierre. Is there any matchup that you see in the first round that has an opportunity to go haywire, or do, or is there any and or is there any matchups that you see in the eastern section of the bracket? that really that really kept, is going to catch your eye later on in the week? Uh, yeah, a couple things that I saw is I thought two storylines to that Texas-Virginia Tech match, matchup. I do think Texas could be a little underseeded, but I also think Virginia Tech is one of the hottest teams coming into this tournament. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, if you, if you watched them against Duke last night, uh, they, they can shoot the three. They're comfortable under pressure. They got pesky defensive guards. Uh, they're clearly comfortable playing against a bigger team. They did against Duke. Granted, Duke was in a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, their experience pays dividends. Uh, they got that Wofford style uh, offense where they hit threes. They move the ball well. Uh, Storm Murphy and Hunter Couture are obviously two very dynamic point guards that are very annoying to play against if you're an opponent. I do think that Virginia Tech uh, 6-11 matchup is definitely a dangerous one and one to follow. Uh, I think that Purdue matchup, I, I think Purdue is dangerous. Uh, but I do think I would probably take right now, I'm not going to jump ahead a little bit, but Kentucky, I think Kentucky might be the best team in this bracket. They're good. They're obviously clearly, if Baylor's the fourth overall, then Kentucky's, that means the fifth. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they do against uh, uh, Baylor if they get there. But um, obviously Murray State's another interesting one because they haven't really had a loss since December against that Auburn team. They don't really play anybody in that OVC. But um, they're, they're obviously as hot as any team coming in, and it's March, so anything could really happen. Uh, I was interesting to see that uh, Wyoming got that bid and uh, mm -hmm. Indiana – I was surprised that Michigan wasn't stuck in a playing game and Indiana was, uh, especially yeah. after Indiana beat them. So that was an that was a strange uh, seating to say the least. But uh, I do think um, if Indiana moves on, I do think that five twelve matchup is dangerous as well. Uh, I like UCLA. I'm not sure if they'll have the same magic two years in a row, but you never can say never with them. You obviously know they've been there before. Uh, but it's an interesting bracket. North Carolina in that eight nine game for the second straight year. Obviously not necessarily a team you really want as an 8-9 if you're the one because it's North Carolina. But uh, a couple teams that I watched there, especially Virginia Tech. I like Virginia Tech. I, I, I like the vibe around them. They shoot the ball well. Yeah, I got tremendous flow and tremendous rhythm about them as we saw uh, Fox running outside. You know, I was like, looking at them like, what the hell is that? It's a fox running outside as I live in, you know, Animal Kingdom. But anyway, it's not here nor there. Yeah, play with tremendous energy and you just – I mean, you could tell in that Duke game that, you know, that they just had a certain fire about them, you know, and when we'll get to Duke in a minute, but, you know, I saw it last night against Virginia Tech and I saw it last Saturday against in their game against uh, North Carolina at Karen Indoor where Duke at all on the offensive side of the basketball many a time can get very streaky where they just can't buy a basket. 
And when you're going up against hot teams and teams that are that essentially can do no wrong, they got the they got the hot hand. Um, they got the hot hand shooting the basketball. They're playing good defense, can rebound, second chance points, everything else. You know that that's that can be a recipe for disaster. But we'll get to Duke a little bit later on. Uh, going to the going to the south side of the bracket, Arizona taking on Wright, taking on the winner of Wright State versus Bryant, Seton Hall, TCU, Houston, who uh, who made the Final Four last year, losing to Baylor, or is taking on UAB, Illinois, and Chad Chattanooga. Excuse me, Colorado state michigan tennessee longwood ohio state taking on those pesky loyola chicago ramblers villanova and taking on delaware any matchup in any matchup in that uh section of the bracket surprise you uh any any uh remote stopping games that you see on tap what are you uh keeping an eye on when you look ahead towards the uh towards the matchups in the southern uh, section of this bracket I definitely think this could be the toughest bracket that we've seen. Uh, I think Arizona obviously is great if they uh, if they're all healthy. Uh, I know their shooter is uh, is uh, nursing an ankle at the moment, but this is a dangerous bracket. I do think that UAB Houston game is something where UAB can score, and Houston doesn't really play anybody all year. That conference stinks, so I do think that's a game I'm going to watch. Uh, Illinois is obviously dangerous. Uh, any team that they oversize, they're going to definitely dominate. So that's a team to watch as well. Uh, I definitely think Michigan's overseeded and probably shouldn't have been in the tournament, but uh, Tennessee also, I think Tennessee. I would agree with that. With uh, Duke spot. I think Tennessee should have taken uh, Duke spot at the two slot. Uh, they've beaten Arizona. They've beaten Auburn. Uh, they've beaten Kentucky twice. They've beaten Arkansas. They split with LSU. Uh, Tennessee's a good team and they just won the SEC chip. I do think that's an underseed to see them there and Duke not. And uh, but whatever, I do think that's a dangerous matchup. And Villanova, obviously, anytime you see Villanova in March, you're going to think twice. That team's dangerous. They're always going to be dangerous. Jay Wright's a great coach and come tournament time. Uh, I, I that three two matchup, if they move on, will be very, very interesting. And uh, I, I think that Villanova, Tennessee, uh, those two teams, whoever comes out of that side would be uh, very dangerous. But I'm interested to see if UAB can knock off Houston. I don't really think I didn't think Houston was that good. I don't think they're as good as they were earlier on in the year. But uh, we'll see how we as we move on through this tournament. Hundred uh, percent. By the way, this and this is like a little. I don't know how you feel about it. this. Is just a a, a little pet peeve of mine. It's to the point where you know you you got to rename the names of these brackets because I'm looking. I understand that it's always been like this, but no, the South bracket where the game is being played: Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and San Diego. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, who's in the South bracket? Illinois. That's in the Midwest. That's not in the South. Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago, same deal. Villanova's right outside of Philadelphia. I mean, it's to the point where, like, if you're just going to be so lackadaisical of how you set up the matchups and you pin them up when you create when you create the uh, when you create these you know the brackets on Selection Sunday, you might as well just do away with with naming them via region and just do you know section one, section two, section yeah. three, section or be creative with it of like where you know you can pick like. Again, like an all-time uh, legend from the game, and like name the bracket after them. Like this bracket is the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar bracket. This bracket is the Larry Bird. This one is the Christian Leitner bracket. This one is the this one's the uh, I don't know the Gordon Hayward bracket. But that's just so, something of mine. You know, you watch it, and it's like if if you're gonna make if you're gonna name them uh, via geographical location. 
you know, and you're not going to stick to the geographical location, why even bother? But anyway, that's, uh, that's not, that, that's just something that, that's been like one of my biggest March Madness pet peeves as long as I've been, you know, as long as I've been alive. It's like, well, it doesn't make any sense, you know, Duke, Duke's in the Western bracket, but North Carolina's in the Southeast. Like, it makes no sense. But anyway, I am uh, I'm nitpicking. Uh, as we move on to the uh, Midwest part of the bracket, you've got Kansas taking on the winner of uh, Texas Southern, the winner of Texas Southern, Texas A&M, CC, San Diego State taking on uh, taking on Creighton. I mean, good. I mean, that Creighton Big East championship game the other night. I mean, the offense is just my goodness. I mean, I don't know if you heard They're it. Head because, They're head or miss. They're head or miss. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you heard it, but Gus Johnson was like, <laughs> Gus Johnson had that enough. He was like, Steph Curry is is ruining the game of basketball. <laughs> he, he said, Steph Curry, for as great for as great of a specimen he is at shooting the basketball, he, all these guys think that they're that they're the next Steph Curry, and it's like we 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 you know he he was he was kicking and screaming. When you get when you get Gus Johnson annoyed, I mean that yeah. I mean that that takes time, and he is one of the more upbeat up-tempo broadcasters and all the sport but when you but when you get him pissed off i mean you know that it, that 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 you're making for some uninspiring when i would say uninspiring uninspiring but some unentertaining and and dull basketball at times but anyway again i butt in you got iowa taking on richmond providence taking on south dakota state lsu taking on iowa state your school, Wisconsin, taking on Colgate in the opening round. Uh, how, how how does Wisconsin, by the way, opening round get a game within the, within the state at Milwaukee at the Pfizer mm-hmm. Forum? Uh, USC taking on Miami, Auburn taking on Jacksonville State. Before I give you, uh, before I turn it over to you, let me ask you a quick question: Do you have a uh, do you have a problem with Providence essentially declaring themselves the conference champions? Albeit they had they you know they didn't had the games made up uh, in um, back in the month of January. Does that bother like, you at all? Providence, yeah, definitely. I thought they were incredibly premature in how they handled it. Uh, and, they, and they came out and they looked like frauds the second they came out and that tournament got destroyed by uh, Creighton. So, I mean, I, I can't take Providence seriously. It's a team that beat Wisconsin without Johnny Davis, the only one by like two or three points. But uh, that's a team I, I never really was a fan of. Uh, I like Cooley. I think Cooley's a good coach. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I think they're in a dangerous spot too because I think there's some good teams around them. Any uh, any surprising takeaways from the Midwest section of the bracket? Any potential upsets you uh, you see on the horizon? Right. I, I was surprised Iowa State got a bid. I didn't think Iowa State really had that great of a resume. Uh, they had a couple of good wins, but uh, they're four and seven in their last eleven games. Uh, you know, it, they did terrible. They didn't do really much at all in that Big Twelve tournament game. Uh, so getting that 11 game and definitely not having them play in would be interesting that they did that. Uh, as for like some things I'm watching for, I think that it's Iowa Richmond game is going to be very fun. I think Richmond's coming off a huge win. They're, they're kind of fun to watch, watch them against Davidson. Uh, they kind of play like sort of like Iowa. They move the ball. Well, they shoot the three. Well, they kind of play the right way to, to a degree, but um, I do think that's a, an interesting matchup. Uh, that USC Miami game is going to be interesting too. I think USC could be a little overrated and Miami uh, is pretty pesky. Uh, Auburn, obviously, Auburn's really good. Wisconsin, hopefully, they play well. We've talked about them. Uh, and at Creighton, I think Creighton's a little overrated, as you talked about with their shooting. Uh, they're going to just shoot at the gym, but it also makes them dangerous because teams that can shoot threes, if they're ever hitting like they were against Providence, 
I think any team would be in trouble that they came up, that they came up against, excuse me. Uh, and Kansas obviously is really, really good, well-rounded. Bill Self got another good team on there. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I like the app matchup around Wisconsin because LSU, as we know, is going to receive a hefty postseason ban in the near future. They just got rid of Will Wade. They're going to be in shambles to a degree. Iowa State really doesn't deserve, I didn't think, to uh, get in the tournament. Colgate's dangerous. They're, they won 15 in a row, granted, and not uh, not terrific competition, but uh, they're, they're, they're always – that matchup at Patriot League matchup is always going to be a little dangerous, but yeah. Any team, uh, any team that you, what's the one team out of the Midwest that you can anticipate making a deep run? Uh, that's not Wisconsin. Yes, that's not Wisconsin. No, it's not Wisconsin. Uh, you know what? As for a team that I'd be interested in seeing them make a little bit of a run here would be Richmond. I like Richmond. I like the way they played today. Uh, they were really scrappy. They really uh, played together today. They got a lot of experience. Uh, they shoot the three well. Uh, I mean, Iowa's an easy one, too, because they're one of the hottest teams after this tournament. But being a Wisconsin fan, I'm not going to say Iowa. Uh, but I think that 5-12 matchup, I think there's some dangerous teams there. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Interesting. Uh, we move on to the other side of the bracket, and that is the West. We go from the Midwest to the Western side of the bracket. Of course, you have Gonzaga that uh, went undefeated all the way to the national championship until they ran into the bus saw that was the Baylor Bears losing in a national championship game last April. They take on the uh, 16th-seeded Georgia State. You got Boise State taking on Memphis, UConn taking on uh, New Mexico New Mexico State, Arkansas and Vermont, Alabama taking on the winner of Rutgers versus Notre Dame in the first four matchup coming up. Uh, in the early part of this uh, this uh, this week, in a couple of days, Texas Tech, Montana State, Michigan State, Davidson, and of course Duke, with uh, it being Coach K's uh, last ride taken on CSU Fullerton in uh, the west in the western region. Let's uh, before we break down the region first. I'm going, I'm interested in getting your uh, two cents on uh, on not just Duke itself this season, but on uh, Coach K. What was your, what was your, do you think that it being Coach K's final ride is going to be a distraction or an element of motivation for these Duke players heading into the tournament? And, uh, and after, well, I'll, I'll let you answer that. And then I got a question for you uh, based on the game at Cameron Indoor last Saturday, but I'll let you answer that one first. And I do, th I do like that point. I do. I think there's two sides to it. Uh, I definitely think in the ACC tournament and in especially that North Carolina game that we talk about, uh, I do think it was a distraction rather than a motivation. Uh, but obviously the second you reach March, I think the second you reach that court, it's all about getting a run in. And I, I do think Duke's very talented. They're young. Their defense is not terrific, but uh, they have size. They have about five athletes on the court, five NBA bodies uh, on the court. I think Bancaro is great. Uh, Mark Williams is really, really good. Uh, obviously, Roach is having playing really, really well as well. Uh, they don't go that deep, but uh, obviously physically and uh, they can match up with anybody. Uh, you know, they're young and I do think that could hurt teams in tournaments. Uh, and obviously, I think this is a weak bracket, but uh, Texas Tech is also a very stout team. I think Texas Tech would give Duke fits. That will be a fascinating game if both teams move on there. I also think Davidson, I think Davidson's going to beat Michigan State. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an Atlanta 10 fanboy at the moment. Uh, because Davidson's just got a bunch of European guys that shoot threes. You know, it's a dangerous team. I don't know. I got a feeling about them. But uh, I think that would be a matchup that could give Duke a little bit of problems if they could shoot, because uh, that's basically what Duke has a problem with, is letting teams give up uh, threes. 
And as for the, uh, I mean, for Duke, you know, we'll see. They're young. I do think in the March, I think it will be more of a motivating factor now that it's like do or die. Uh, I think right. at before is more about winning a game that you know you had another one in you. You know you had another game coming up. So this one's different. I think it will turn into a motivating factor rather than a distraction. I, I think so, too. And I think, um, and I think, especially that game Saturday and Cameron Indoor where the players had to come back onto the court in their warm in their warm up shirts and see Coach K share stories with his family or out there on in, in the uh, mid court and seeing the ex players, the Christian Leitners of the world, the um, the JJ Reddicks. I turn I turned to my father. I said, Dad, why? I said I wouldn't be surprised. Watch watch Duke somehow pull a, a Final Four run out of their ass and go and uh, and make a long term run because I th- at least if it was me. If it was me, I'd be like, I am not going to have my coach out here reminiscing about the good old days, talking about family. And, like, it was it was like a very emotional – it would have been more emotional if they would have won the game. But I'd be like, I'm not letting him go out this way. I am not going to have his, his 42-year career at this one school with all the greatness that he's done for generations. I'm not going to let that abruptly end and temporarily go in vain because 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 of my piss poor play. I'll give a damn if I got to stay in the gym and and practice jump shots until two in the morning. I'm gonna do it. So I think me myself personally, uh, and I me myself personally, I think that that moment last Saturday and them, you know, and them getting essentially dominated, especially in the second half by, by Virginia Tech last night. I think that's going to uh, propel Duke. You know, national championship game, I'm not sure, but an Elite Eight, possibly a Final Four push, wouldn't shock me in the slightest because, you know, I, I you know, where where things have happened and there's nothing like that element of, you know, of those teams that need that extra little oomph, that element of, of motivation, a light of fire on Yep, the light of fire underneath their tail, and to just you know a switch turns on and they, and they don't know how to turn it off. It's just all it's all systems go. They make every basket, make their free throws, attack the glass. They spread the ball around. So you know we we will uh, we shall see with Duke as far as the bracket in general, and as far as the bracket in general, you know you had Gonzaga make that long run last year. That came that came up short against Baylor in a national championship game. Uh, is there anything in the western uh, in the western region that catches your eye? Do, do you anticipate Gonzaga making another deep run again, making it to another Final Four, dare I say, national championship? Do you see Duke possibly winning the, winning the West instead, or do you see a team like uh, or do you see a team like Texas Tech or Alabama or UConn? becoming you know come out of nowhere and and rule the day in the western region of the bracket uh a couple of things you know uh, i don't think gonzaga they're great and obviously they're lead they're, they got a lot of scores and it's gonzaga but uh, i don't think they're as great as they were in previous years so i mean granted they've had they this is a really easy draw i think i think this is the weakest bracket of the of all four uh that boise state memphis uh game will be interesting especially if memphis moves on they've been playing some really good basketball they have some athletes uh, i do think that could be an interesting game in that one nine matchup uh as for uconn uconn's got size but they can't really score so i'm not really worried about them if they do make it to that sweet 16 playing they would be playing in san francisco uh playing gonzaga in that san francisco game i think that'd be a tough game for them to win that arkansas vermont game it's in portland 
Yeah. Portland. Oh, Portland, Portland. Portland not San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. That Arkansas-Vermont game would be interesting because I think that's a, a, a weird spot too because it's in uh, Buffalo. So it's a little bit favors Vermont a little bit in terms of location, maybe fan base and stuff like that, trying to get butts into seats. But uh, I, I think Vermont plays they, – they won all three games of their conference tournament by 30 points or, or more. Uh, obviously, uh, the guy's a great coach. They, they always get good shooters. It's a dangerous team. And they're, they're, they're a, a, kind of a sneaky 13 seed, so we'll see what happens there. Alabama, I think a little overrated, but they're big hit or miss. They've beaten Gonzaga before. Uh, so it's obviously a team that uh, when they're on, they're on, but they're usually not. Uh, Texas Tech, I think it's one, Texas Tech could be one of the more dangerous teams in this tournament. They play tough. They always have been. They're experienced. A lot of transfer portal guys. Uh, they got some size. They're pesky defensive guards. Always a dangerous team to play Texas Tech. Uh, Rutgers, I think they their, their top parts are behind them. Same with Notre Dame. I don't really buy either of those two teams. That Notre Dame-Kentucky win is the reason they got in. Uh, Davidson, I've, we talked about that before. I think Davidson could be dangerous. Uh, as for this thing, I, it looks like Gonzaga's uh, bracket to lose. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens with uh, Tech and Davidson, but we'll go from there. You got a uh, – well, I'll say the I'll say the projection for last. Colin doing an excellent job here for us on the Until I Can Tell You is podcast. Any snubs, any uh, any missteps from the committee in your eyes this time, uh, this year, or no? I think they put too many Mountain West teams in. I think they could have went away with Michigan getting in, too. Uh, and I definitely think they should put an A&M in. A&M was the clear one that I thought they definitely missed on. Uh, A&M was coming off wins against Florida, Arkansas, Auburn. Uh, their, their best basketball is probably ahead of them. Uh, they played uh, they play tough. They play in a tougher conference. I don't know. I think that was a really miss. I was a, that was a big miss there. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think they got screwed out of that, especially how they played as late. Uh, that's the only real upset I snub that I've really seen that uh, can make me annoyed, especially with all those Mountain West teams getting in. I believe there's four. Like Wyoming does not need to be in, and a doesn't and does. Uh, but what other than that, uh, yeah, we can go on from there. I mean, miss 17, 17 and 14, making not even the first four, but to make the NCAA tournament outright looks very from a from a casual basketball fan's perspective, it's it looks very, 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 you know, dubious when you have the Arizonas of the world that that lost, you know, that went 31 and three, Gonzaga 26 and three, UCLA 25 and seven. Michigan finished three games above 500, and they don't even, you know, not forget the first four. They put, they get the right to play in the, uh, in the, uh, in the opening round outright to begin with. Meanwhile, you know, teams like Notre Dame, you have a problem with Notre Dame being on the first four and not in the playing in the first four and not being a first round automatic or no. Uh, it doesn't make a difference to me. They got in because of that Kentucky win. So I mean, right. if you're gonna do like that, you might as well throw them in the playing game if they haven't really wowed you that much since gotcha gotcha you have a uh, final four prediction for us i mean i haven't finalized it obviously i'll probably go with um if i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna go with uh gonzaga to come out of that uh west region because i just think gonzaga's got too many mismatches uh ours i'm gonna go with wisconsin i feel like it's a disservice for me not to do that uh mm-hmm. as for the uh east i'm gonna say you know I'm going to say Kentucky for that one. I hate to do this one, two thing or one, two, three thing, but I think Kentucky's the best team in that, in that, uh, in that region, I should say. And then as for the South, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I trust Arizona and you got to kind of get a, um, a sleeper pick in there, you know, 
Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, UAV. Mix to it make up. It. I'm going to go with UAV to make it up. Wow. And you need to have – there's one every year. You need to have one. <laughs> and that will be mine. Who's going to the national championship? UAB, Wisconsin on one side of the bracket, and Kentucky and Gonzaga on the other side. Kentucky, Wisconsin again. Let's let's run it back. <laughs> yes, there you go, there you go. Well, if uh, if Wisconsin is ever fortunate and uh, fortunate enough, and everything breaks the right way, that uh, that they make it to the final four and go to, and make it to New Orleans. By the way, if that is the case, and they go to the final four and go to New Orleans, are you going? Can't say I would. You know. Uh, I feel like there's two sides to it. Obviously, I'd love to be there in person, but there's also another vibe of being there in Madison when a team like that right. makes the Final Four and wins in the Final Four, potentially. I don't know. I, I don't think I would, probably. It's all the way in New Orleans. But, uh, I mean, hey, never say never, right? 100%. 100%. Um, and this thing, and we'll, and we'll close out uh, here with this, uh, with it being Coach K's final season. And I heard your, and I heard, of course, you know, I listen to your dad all the time. Uh, he was telling stories of the relationship that he, that he and Coach K have, not just on the radio, but, you know, off the radio and kind of, you know, off the court, so to speak, off the air. And, the t- and he told a story uh, about how Coach K, how you and your brother has had, you know, some memorable moments with Coach K. I figured, you know, NCAA tournament time, I haven't had you on in a while since September. Uh, delve into that, uh, to that, to these uh, experiences that you've had with the uh, great Mike Krzyzewski. Right. So, like, it was, uh, I believe, the summer before my eighth grade year, I went to the Duke camp that they have where he makes brief appearances and stuff like that. But I went for a week as a sleepaway type of thing. You just play the whole week. Uh, I was real. I loved it. I had a, a blast. And obviously, I was fortunate enough to meet Coach K and talk to him one on one for a little bit. Nicest guy in the world. Can't say enough good things about him. Uh, he took the time out of his day to really like break it down and talk to me a little bit. I talked to him about two or three times that week. Uh, but uh, honestly, like he's a legend. It kind of was surreal to be in the same environment of him, especially seeing now all the publicity it's getting and stuff like that. It's kind of weird to say like I was talking to him one on one, but he was he was the best guy in the world. And he, obviously, his success should go without saying uh everybody knows how and monumentally was college basketball and the legacy of it all so i mean he was the best i mean that i mean when i heard that i was when i heard that line i was like wow like i'm like that that that's the you know that's the equivalent of you know, of of you know eighth grade kid meeting belichick or back sure. in the day meeting lombardi wooden saving i mean that I mean that's that, that's cream of the crop when it comes when you're talking tomorrow. about we exactly when you talk about the all-time great coaches uh, in in sports. So I mean it's good that you were able to meet them, and I mean that that's one of those moments where you know you sit back every now and again. And it's like I I met this man, and it's you know it's and you know when it's all said and done, you go you look back and be like that's one of the highlight moments. Uh, of my life so if uh, Wisconsin makes it to the final four um, we shall see if uh, you know maybe Colin strikes the lottery I guarantee they probably have a lottery where they you know draw from a hat you know who's going to uh, who's going to New Orleans uh, and if that's the case uh, we we uh, I anticipate having him on how about this 
Let's get a let's here. How about this? Let's get a UConn and Wisconsin national championship, and I'll have go. you. Yeah, I'll have you and your brother Timmy, who's a graduate assistant for them, and we'll have you all both on the program at the same time. That hey, sounds good. Not going to say no to that. Of course, that'd be awesome. 100%. Colin does an excellent job. Colin, and I need to start doing this because, you know, 10 people listen to this dopey show, so I got to, you know, spread the publicity and get the word out there and also doing you a favor, giving you the free publicity. Uh, tell the good people, the 10 that are listening, uh, where we can follow you on the good old social medias. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not that active on social media. I kind of take after my dad in that regard. But uh, obviously on Twitter, I mean, as I start doing more radio stuff out in Wisconsin, I do post stuff on regard to that. It's like uh, at Colin Russo 7. But yeah, feel free, I guess. But I mean, I'm not really that active on it. I got to get more active in it. The apple does not fall far from the tree. And oh, yeah. that's a good and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Colin, we enjoy having you on and we will be back with the Amatella Catalia's podcast in just a moment. We welcome you back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Once again, special thanks to the great Colin Russo for taking some time to talk to us here on this special selection Sunday show uh, as we get closer and closer to the beginning of the 2022 uh, Men's March Madness NCAA D- Division I Men's Basketball Tournament. Um, and I, yes, I am aware of the news of Tom Brady breaking uh, which is just, uh, well, let me just give you my two cents off the top of my head. You know, it was right after I finished hitting the end record button with Colin, uh, and all of a sudden my phone, you know, I keep my phone and my computer and everything on do not disturb. So it's not bling in and I'm not getting calls and texts and FaceTime while I'm recording. I look at my notifications and I just see that my notification center, so to speak on my lock screen on my phone has just blown up. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I click on one of the text messages. It's like Tom, Brady's coming back. I'm like, that can't be real, can it? I go ahead and look to Twitter, just scroll through for like a couple seconds. Yup, it's real. So Tom Brady, of course, who I waited about two weeks to, you know, and you can see why I waited two weeks to to uh, look back and remember his career, his uh, what his 22 year, his 22 uh, season, 22 year, 22 season NFL career at age 44 thinks he's stepping away. You know, he and Ben Roethlisberger are gonna have to share a weekend at Canton in five years in 2027. Not gonna be the case. Comes out on his Twitter page and says, essentially, he says among other things, "I love my fan, I love my family, you know." But uh, this ain't cutting it, you know. I've been retired for about what three weeks? Uh, been retired for about two, three weeks, about close to a month. It was made official. What? Uh, well, the news, yeah, it was made official in early February, like February first, February second. So he's been retired for about a month and two weeks. You know, not not even really retired. I mean, because uh, he he, I mean, not even long. He hasn't stepped away long enough for you to even consider him to be retired at this point. And he says, "I love my family. I love Giselle. I love my kids." But this retired life ain't it for me. I cannot walk away. You know, kind of like what we discussed. 
on Saturday's show with Aaron Rodgers, you know, I didn't think it was going to be it for Aaron Rodgers, him leaving Green Bay out to dry like that, and how he performed in their loss uh, in their loss against San Francisco. Brady, to a certain degree, 20, what was it, 27-3 deficit, came all the way back, tied the game up, and uh, if it wasn't, wasn't for a blown coverage by the secondary uh, Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, you know, they they probably would have won that game, would have won it in overtime, probably would have won that game, and made it to the NFC championship game and then you know we go from there so i mean it is just the brady's back brady's back be a friend tell a friend guess who's back yes who's back back again brady's back tell a friend guess who's back guess who's back Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I mean, you can. I mean, he he's back. I mean, and when I read my phone and I saw that he was coming back, my instant emotion was laughter, cause I was like, cause I was like, the, the, like Tom Brady is like, like it, it was it was just like this man is just a, the goat. Like, he pulled a Michael Jordan, retire, and then two words, I'm back. Like, I retired, that's it, I've had enough, I need a blow, a month or so goes by, a few months, whatever, all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, on Selection Sunday, Selection Sunday after the busy week of NFL offseason news we had last week, where it, where, where, here's what, here's what your sports week has been, it's been, it's been it's been college basketball with the conference tournaments with selection Sunday being this Sunday. NFL offseason news of Aaron Rodgers staying, Khalil Mack getting traded, Carson Wentz getting traded, Russell Wilson getting traded, Aaron Rodgers staying put. And then again, if you care, the baseball lockout ends. But the two big stories in sports, and you know, NBA with LeBron and Westbrook and all that sort of stuff. But the two biggest stories and most captivating stories in sports has been the conference tur- the conference tournament week in college basketball uh, with captivate or with it, you know, coming to its peak with Selection Sunday today and the NFL offseason. And here it is on and here it is on Selection Sunday before the NCAA tournament. One of the biggest, one of the definitely. Definitely the biggest non-football sporting event or sporting, uh, well, yeah, yeah, sporting event. The biggest non-football sporting event that us as Americans, uh, that us as Americans have, as American sports fans have. I mean, I was surprised Brady didn't announce it, you know, in the middle of the selection. So where Greg Gumble, you know, was told in his IBF, Greg, I understand, you know, you're about to talk to the chairman of the uh, of, of the committee, but but CBS does have a contract with the National Football League. I think it's important you all announce this. And he interrupts and says, "Hold everything, hold the phone." As as the great um, the great Keith Jackson line, we got to announce Tom Brady's coming. I mean, surprised he didn't do it then. I was surprised he didn't do it then. Am I surprised that he's coming back? Yes, in the sense of how it happened and how soon it you know, I, I would anticipate, you know, Brady, you know, in July, maybe early August. You know, getting that itch of training camp, getting that itch to, uh, you know, football. He knows football season's around the corner, getting that itch, 
you know, where, you know, his kid's getting ready for the new school year, it's, you know, been around him a little bit, gets that itch, it's like, uh, I got, I, you know, because when you've played football all your life and you retire, just because you retire, that doesn't mean that that competitive itch and that itch to go out there and play football automatically goes, goes away. When he's played in the NFL, let alone by itself, for over two decades. I'm not counting Pop Warner. I'm not. I'm not counting middle school. I'm not counting high school, and I'm not counting his days in Michigan in the NFL by himself. But NFL by him by itself. He's 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 been in the NFL half of his life. He's 44. He's played 22 years over two decades, just counting the NFL alone. And you know, I if he if it, if the news would have broke say on. On July thirteenth, that he was coming back, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me and surprise me in the slightest. The fact that he was retired for essentially, you know, all for about a month for about a month and a half, you know, he he announced his retirement in early February. You know, the Super Bowl came and went. We're actually a, a a month ago today was Super Bowl Sunday, and all of a sudden Brady's back. I mean. <laughs> That 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 itself is shocking and, and surprising and crazy, let alone the fact they did it on Selection Sunday, among other things. You know the the day at the day out of the we're one month out from the Super Bowl. Here it is. You know I'm sitting up here thinking to myself like, wow, Super Bowl Super Bowl Sunday was really a month ago today. It's daylight savings time, albeit there was a bunch of snow on the ground. About like six, about six inches of snow on the ground here where I live in the Baltimore area, and it was 18 degrees this morning. When I woke up this morning. You got the March Madness right around the corner, less than a week, less than about five, six days from tipping off. Uh, not, I'm not counting the first from the actual first round of the of the you know that 12 o'clock game on CBS on that Thursday. You know, about five days so away from that daylight savings time, so the sun is out after seven o'clock at night. Here it is, you know, football's the furthest away from my brain after the crazy week that we had of off season activity. And here it is, you know, I get done recording a spot with Colin to discuss, you know, to discuss, you know, Colgate in Wisconsin, and all of a sudden I. I check my phone my phone's blowing up because Tom Brady's coming back I mean you just can't make this stuff up you can't but that is why you love the NFL and that is why you love sports I will dig in deep I will dig a little bit more in depth uh with Brady coming back and the um and the most in the next episode of the I'm telling you podcast coming up later this week but just give you my first uh reaction to it I'm not pissed that he's back I mean, I I mean, I could, you know, I am somewhat pissed at the idea that maybe, you know, Ryan Jensen and Rob Gronkowski, who was on the the Bengals' radar as, as far as, you know, free agency signings that could be had, you know, sh- that the Bengals have shown Gronkowski complimenting Burrow's game and hearing ties of Jensen and Gronk, you know, with Brady retiring and the Bucks kind of back in rebuild mode all over, you know, hearing talks of of uh, of them possibly joining the Bengals. The only downside of Brady coming back is now is that the the Ryan Jensen and Andor Rob Gronkowski Bengals talks have uh, you know they were fun fun to talk about and fun to uh, daydream about while while it lasted because that because that's out because that's out the window now it's out the window now but there are two positives that come from this well actually three the first one is 
is that, uh, you know, we sit up here and we talked about the ad infinitum on Saturday discussing Aaron Rodgers. But, well, look look at the NFC. You know, Brady's retired. The NFC South stinks. Breeze is two years into, re- is two years into retirement. The Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East, but I don't think, of, think of, uh, look at them as a viant Super Bowl contender by any stretch. I mean, it's the pa- I said it's the Rams and it's the Packers and then it's everybody else. Either, you know. Either it's a, it's a mere coincidence, or Tom Brady must have been listening to the show, uh, you know, in, you know, must have been listening to the show down there in Tampa, or not in Tampa because he was uh, he was over watching Ronaldo and Manchester United over the weekend. So maybe you know he downloaded and listened to the show on the plane. Who knows, Tom? If you did, don't be afraid to hit your boy up on social at the uh, J Shield. If you did, um, I'm being facetious with that, of course. Uh, but you know, he was like, "Oh, okay, okay, I take it personally. I'm coming right back," and he's back. There was a, and it's also ironic because there was a video circling the internet today on Sunday, early today on Sunday, that you know, Renato asked him straight up, you know, "Are you coming back?" And Brady kind of, you know, chuckled and had like that that deviant cat that ate the canary look on his face. And he, and and then people were speculating, well, Brady could be coming back. You never know. And it's also funny and ironic because before, when I went, I you know, Sunday I went to church this morning, and I you know going through my phone before the, before the church service starts, and uh, and I check on my phone, I get a notification from ESPN saying that Brady's last ever touchdown pass. Sold for over, I believe, over five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and lo and behold, about twelve hours later, how does that guy feel? That he, I mean, how does that guy feel that that coughed up over six figures, a little bit over a half a million dollars for Tom Brady's quote-unquote last ever touchdown pass, and all, and he announces on Sunday night that he's coming back. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And and Jalen and Jalen Ramsey tweeting on the Twitter page is basically saying, "Good, I'm glad Brady's coming back. I don't want me giving up Brady's last ever touchdown passes of his NFL career on my conscience," which which I found to be quite hysterical as well. Foot, sport sports in general, more specifically NFL, best and greatest reality show there is. You can have your Desperate Housewives and your Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Jersey City and Jersey Shore and all that other married to medicine and all that other stupid foolishness. You can Shaw's the Sunset. You you have you can have it. The, the keeping up with the Kardashian. You can have it. Best reality show on television by far. By far. Is sports. In particular, the National Football League. By far, without question. I'll delve into Brady coming back in episodes of the Amtelic TIS podcast later this week. But since I have you here, I might as well take you through my bracket for the 2020 NCAA tournament. Now listen, I am no bracketologist by any stretch. It's damn near impossible to get these brackets right to begin with anyway. 
I basically look at these brackets based on matchup, better record, better competition, who plays in a stronger conference, who won the conference champions versus who didn't. And I will personally take you through how I figure every bra the my bracket is going to go, taking all the way down to the, my final four prediction, taking you all the way down to my final four prediction and um, and national uh, championship. We will begin with the West one versus the sixteen Gonzaga and. Uh, Gonzaga and Georgia State. I'll take. I'll easily take Gonzaga to advance the second round. They go up against the winner of Boise State versus Memphis. I will take Memphis in that one to give to uh, advance to the second round. Gonzaga versus Memphis. First matchup of the second round. You got UConn number five seeded UConn taking on number twelve uh, seeded New Mexico State. Um, I will take UConn to advance the second round and play the winner of Arkansas versus uh, Ver Arkansas versus Vermont. I will I will give me Arkansas. You got Arkansas versus Vermont in the five four, and I will take a UConn to win this game. So the Sweet Sixteen and the uh, and this little section of the Western bracket will be between Gonzaga number one Gonzaga versus number five UConn, and they will and that winner of that game, which I believe will be Gonzaga, will advance the Elite Eight to await the other winner of the second half of the Western bracket. You got the six seeded Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the winner of Rutgers versus Notre Dame in the first four matchup. I got again I got Alabama winning that game. Nevertheless, that's the six seed to advance the second round to await the winner. Of the number three seeded Texas Tech of Red Raiders taking on number fourteen seeded Montana State. Montana State twenty seven and seven. Texas Tech twenty five and nine. Uh, I got Texas Tech winning that game to take on Alabama six versus the three. Give me Texas Tech to win that to win that matchup and advance to the Sweet Sixteen to take on uh, and to await the other tier of the bracket. You got seven seeded Michigan State Spartans awaiting number ten Davidson Bulldogs. You Michigan State to beat Davidson in the opening round to await the winner of Duke versus. Uh, Duke versus CSU Fullerton. CSU Fullerton 21 and 10. Duke, the ACC regular season champions, lost the ACC championship uh, against ACC tournament championship. I should I should say to Virginia Tech on Saturday night. Give me the Duke Blue Devils to take on the M take on the MSU. Uh, Spartans, the seven versus the two. Uh, and I got Duke beating MSU to advance to the Sweet 16 and take on Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech versus Duke in the Sweet 16. Give me Duke, give me Gonzaga, number one versus number two Duke in the Elite Eight in the regional in the regional final, and you know, you may say that I'm falling for the good old fairy tale story of uh, it being Coach K's final year, but give me uh, Duke to win the Western Regional bracket to advance to the Final Four. You go to the Eastern side of the bracket uh, with number one Baylor, the defending national champions of last of uh, of last year's 2020-2021 NCAA uh, Division One men's basketball season, taking on 16th uh, seeded Norfolk State. 
at 24 and 6. Give me Baylor to advance all the way to the uh, to the Sweet 16, and we will see who they will match up here in just a couple of moments. You got number eight seeded UNC taking on uh, the Tar Heels, taking on number nine seeded Marquette. I believe the Tar Heels will get it done and play Baylor in the second round, but lose to Baylor. Baylor advances, of course, to the Sweet 16. St. Mary's taking on the winner of number 12 seeded Wyoming or the winner of Wyoming and Indiana in the first four. I believe uh I believe uh, the winner of that Wyoming IU game will uh will take on the winner of UCLA versus Akron. I believe UCLA who uh, lost in heartbreaking fashion to Gonzaga in the final in the second final four semifinal game last year. Uh, uh, I believe that they uh, they're going to go on with Johnny Juzang in in uh, in company. Will go on a uh, on a little revenge tour here in this NCAA tournament. They are the fourth seed. They will beat Akron. Take on the winner of Wyoming versus uh, Indiana. Uh, and they will beat the winner of Wyoming, Indiana, and advance to the Sweet 16. So you have Baylor, number one, taking on four seed of UCLA. Give me UCLA to uh, take to to uh, to upset the Baylor Bears, advance the Elite Eight to take to await the winner of the second half side of the Eastern Bracket. Speaking of the Eastern Bracket, you got uh, the te- the Texas, excuse me, Longhorns, number six seed, taking on the number eleven seed of Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, give me the Vatek uh, Hokies, the ACC tournament champions, to move on to the second round and await the winner of Purdue versus Yale. Uh, give me give me a number three seeded Purdue to beat Yale, uh, who is the winner of the Ivy League uh, tournament championship. Vatek versus Purdue. Give me the number eleven seeded Vatek. You heard Colin earlier in the program. He really likes the way Vatek is playing right now. Uh, and I like the way that they're playing too. The way that they really impressed me, and they just, you know, they got. I hate to use the word in pretending it's worse, but they got, but they got good karma about them. Everything's breaking their way. They can do no wrong. Uh, you know, they can do no wrong uh, offensively. They do a phenomenal. They do a phenomenal job imposing their will on their opponents. Give me Vitek uh, taking on Purdue. Give me Vitek to uh, beat Purdue and to advance to the Sweet 16. To play, uh, to play the winner of the other quadrant of the bracket, you got Murray State and San Francisco seven versus ten. Give me Murray State to await the winner of uh, Kentucky and uh, and St. Peter's. Give me Kentucky to, of course, pull off the two fifteen victory. Uh, Murray State the seventeen taking on UK the two seed. Uh, give me uh, Kentucky to move on to the Sweet Sixteen. So you get Virginia Tech versus Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen and Baylor versus UCLA in the Sweet Sixteen in the Eastern part of the bracket. Give me a UK. Give me a Kentucky UCLA Elite Eight. Give me UCLA to advance to the Final Four for a second straight year in a row. So on the so on the. Uh, on the uh, left side of the bracket, you got Duke versus UCLA in the first uh, in the first uh, national semi uh, in the first national semifinal. The two versus the four seeds, and we shall go through who uh, who the who the winner of that matchup will await in the national championship game as we await to see the second half 
of the uh, the second half of the Final Four bracket. In the South bracket, you got number one seeded the big the Pac-12 uh, tournament champion uh, Arizona Wildcats will play the winner of Bryant versus Wright State of the uh, of the first four matchup. Give me Arizona State to win that first game and await the winner of Seton Hall TCU. Give me Seton Hall to uh, give me Seton Hall to beat TCU. Uh, you get Arizona versus Seton Hall in the second round give me arizona to advance to the sweet 16 well they will play the well they will await this other second half of the bracket you got uh houston versus uab you heard con he likes UB, uab a lot to be the surprise team coming out of uh coming out of the southern uh region to make the final four give me houston who was a final four team last year give me them to beat uab coming out of the gate in the opening round to await the winner of chattanooga versus illinois give me illinois to beat chattanooga uh, excuse me. Yeah, Chattanooga. You get Illinois versus uh the uh, Houston University of Houston Cougars in the second round. Give me Illinois to beat the uh, Houston Cougars in the second round. So you gave you an Arizona Illinois Sweet 16. I believe Arizona will win that game. Move on to Elite Eight and play the regional final, and will await the other half of the bracket, which will begin in the opening round with Colorado State Rams taking on the uh, Michigan Wolverines, the six versus the eleven seed. Give me. Uh, uh, give me uh, Colorado. Give me Colorado State here in this one to beat the Michigan Wolverines, and they await the winner of uh, t- uh, to await the winner. Excuse me of uh, Tennessee versus Longwood. I believe Tennessee will take care of business on the opening round and to face. Uh, Colorado State, give me Tennessee to beat Colorado State in the second round to advance to the Sweet 16, where they will uh, play the other little quadrant of the bracket. You got uh, Ohio State taking on Loyola Chicago, who has now become a uh, a March Madness a a March Madness NCAA tournament uh, constant over the last couple of years or so. Uh, Loyola Chicago, the 10 seed, uh, Oklahoma, I was about to say Oklahoma, Ohio State, seven seed, give me Loyola Chicago, I mean, hey, if Ohio State got upset by, by infamous Oral Roberts last year, uh, they'll just, uh, let me see, and they, and Loyola Chicago always got, uh, it's always got some moxie and some mojo to them when they play in these NCAA tournaments, give me Loyola Chicago, make it out of the first round to wait the winner of Delaware versus Villanova, give me Villanova to beat Delaware, so you get Loyola Chicago, Loyola of Chicago, or excuse me, Loyola Chicago taking on Villanova and Colorado State versus Tennessee in the second round. Give me Nova and Tennessee in the Sweet 16, and then Arizona versus uh, and Arizona versus Villanova in the Elite Eight. Uh, and I have Arizona winning the uh, south, the southern part of the bracket, advancing to the Final Four as team number three to qualify for the Final Four. In the Midwest, you have Kansas taking on a winner of uh, of uh, the Texas Southern and Texas A&MCC, a winner of the uh, of the first four. Give me Kansas to win either way. Uh, to take on a winner of San Diego State versus Creighton. Give me San Diego State in that one. One versus eight. Give me Kansas to advance to the Sweet 16. Uh, and then, of course, you have Iowa and Richmond in the in the first round. Give me Iowa to take care of business. The to take care of business against Richmond to advance the second round to await the winner of Providence versus South Dakota State. I believe uh, I believe uh, South Dakota State will get the jo- will get the job done. 
and advance to the second round to take on Iowa. Iowa will beat South Dakota State to advance to play Kansas in the Sweet Six in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, and I got Iowa advancing and representing the northern part of the Midwest bracket, and advancing to the to the regional final uh, in the Elite Eight of the Midwest 2022 uh, section of the bracket. We go to the second half side of the bracket. You got LSU taking on Iowa State, 6 versus the 11, giving me LSU to take care of Benson and advance to the second round. Uh, Wisconsin taking on Colgate, 3 versus the, first, versus the 14, giving Wisconsin to advance to the second round. LSU to 6 seed, Wisconsin to 3. Uh, Wisconsin, I believe, will advance to the Sweet 16 as the 3 seed. Uh, and and await the winner of the other little quadrant of the bracket, USC taking on Miami. Seven seeded USC taking on ten seeded Miami. Give me seven seed uh, USC to advance to the second round. Uh, you got all, the two seeded Auburn taking on fifteen seeded Jackson State. Give me seven seeded Auburn taking on two seeded Auburn Auburn two seeded Auburn Tigers. Seven seed USC Trojans in the second round. Give me Auburn to advance to the Sweet Sixteen to await the winner of LSU versus. Is Wisconsin. Give me Wisconsin that. Wisconsin will win their Sweet 16 matchup against Auburn and advance to the Elite Eight. Iowa versus Wisconsin and all big and all Big Ten Elite Eight matchup in the Midwest region of the bracket. Five, the fifth seeded Iowa Hawkeyes, three seeded uh Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin Badgers, the regular season. The regular season of Big uh, Big Ten champions, the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes, the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes are your, excuse me, are your uh, Big Ten tournament champions. I believe Wisconsin will win the Midwest bracket and advance to the final, will advance to the final four and take on the Arizona Wildcats. So it's, so you get one, one seed, that being Arizona, a three seed, a two seed and a four seed. Uh, give me Duke UCLA, of course, in the in in the first national semifinal in Arizona and Wisconsin, and the other one. Give me a Duke and Arizona national championship game, with Arizona being the national champions by the final score of ninety-one to eighty-seven. Listen, if you bet, if you bet, or if if you bet and or copy paste my decision, my uh, my um. My uh, my bracket picks. Do it at your own peril. Do it at your own uh, at your own uh, discretion. Uh, if you get lucky, make sure. And if you're part of a financial pool, make sure to split the profits with uh, yours truly. Just to give it a TV times here before we say goodnight. You got the Texas A&MCC and Texas Southern game of the uh, of the first four. That game's at 6:40 on two, on True TV on Tuesday night. Uh, then at nine ten, Indiana versus uh, versus Wyoming on Tuesday at nine ten. That the, all the first first four games going to be on True TV on Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday, Bryant versus Wright State at six forty, and then Notre Dame versus Rutgers uh, on Wednesday night. The winner of those games advance to the first round of the uh, of the NCAA tournament. And um, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Looks like we are going to have, um, 
I don't know because I'm looking on the March Madness Live app. I don't know if that's a mistake of them of of three first round games being on Wednesday. I believe that's a mistake, uh, so I won't announce those. But you, of course, the first game that ki- that kicks off the fir- that excuse me that tips off the first round will be Michigan and Colorado State. That first game begins at 12:15 on CBS. The second game of the tournament, South Dakota State and Providence at 12:40. Memphis Boise State at 1:45 on TNT. Two o'clock game uh, in the afternoon on Thursday, Norfolk State and Baylor. 2:45 on CBS, Longwood versus Tennessee. 3:10 game on True TV, Richmond versus Iowa. 4:15 game on TNT, Georgia State Gonzaga. 4:30 game on TBS, Marquette North Carolina. 6:50 game on TNT, New Mexico State Yukon. 7:10 game because uh, remember, you know, you gotta say good night on your local CBS station for your local news and and uh, here. Uh, Nora O'Donnell give us an update of what's going on in you know in the Ukraine and around the country with the with the CBS uh, evening news. They come back on the air at seven ten seven uh, Saint Peter in Kentucky seven ten on Thursday seven twenty on CBS or excuse me TBS I should say the winner of Indiana Wyoming takes on Saint Mary's at seven twenty on TBS seven twenty seven Cranton taking on uh, San Diego State at seven twenty seven on Thursday uh, and then you got Vermont taking on Arkansas at nine twenty on T on TNT come Thursday the other times and networks uh, for uh, for the first excuse me for uh friday of march the 18th i will get those to you uh the closer and closer we get to those starting times so you got march madness thank god we have it again we took it for granted in 2020 thank god we had it uh in 2021 but it looks like we're back to the way it was in 2019 as far as you know having it Having it, having you know the matchups all across the country and individual arenas, packed houses. Don't have to worry about masks, social distancing, social distance, or I should say physical distancing, uh, and masks and that sort of stuff. So we're back to like the 2019 ways as far as having a normal uh, NCAA uh, tournament, unlike last year, where you know, thank God we had it, we didn't have it in 2020, but it was all like in a central location of the Indi- of the greater Indianapolis area. You had games at you had games at Butler, you had games at in at Indiana, you had games uh, you had games at Purdue, you had games uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, of course, where the Colts play. You had games, of course, at the uh, I forget the name of the building, but the arena where the Indiana Pacers play now, it's more because they wanted to have like a bubble, uh, you know, like a bubble format, like the NBA, like how the NBA did it to limit the COVID cases and limit, uh, uh, you know, teams having to forfeit games because of due to COVID and things of that nature. But you won't have it this year. You'll have get you'll have uh, games at San, you have games in San Diego, you have games at Pittsburgh. The game Pittsburgh, of course, PPG Arena where the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins play. You'll have uh, you'll have uh, tournament games in Indianapolis. You have tournament games in Fort Worth, Buffalo, Milwaukee at the Pfizer Forum, where the uh, Milwaukee Bucks play. Greenville, South Carolina, uh, Portland, Oregon, up at the uh, what's the name the Motor Center where the Portland Trailblazers are. Um, yeah, Port- Portland, Buffalo, San Diego, Greenville, Fort Worth, Milwaukee, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. 
with the final four in the great city of New Orleans at now the at at the now titled Caesars uh, Superdome, home of the uh, New Orleans Saints, where the final four and the national championship will take place. Games on TBS, which you know me myself, me personally, I'm not a fan of. You know, having your champion, having your final four and your championship on on a cable state on an obstruct. Uh, cable station I'm not you know in fan of unless you're unless you're a baseball fan or enjoy watching reruns of uh, Seinfeld and everybody loves Raymond you or and or Family Guy you don't know more likely than not where TBS is except for that special time of the year and you know it's been a thing for like the last I believe it's like the 11th time where CBS has shared the March Madness broadcasting rights with the with the folks at Turner Sports or True TV TNT and TBS I you know I don't re- I don't vividly remember the days of where CBS just had the rights. Uh, I I am in favor of having the games across all four networks at the same time. So it's not like where you know you're checking in and out of games. You're able to pick a game and watch it from beginning to end. Although if it was me, if I was calling the shots, I would make sure I if I was in say I'd tell CBS I say hey. You know, you can do whatever you want from the from the first four to the Elite Eight. The final four in that championship game every single year is going to be on CBS. It alternates every other year. Even years it's on TBS. Odd years it's on CBS. But anyway, you know, to each their own. They make the decisions. Uh, I do not. So we will be all over the NCAA tournament uh, here for you. In the next uh, coming weeks, we will discuss it. And I'm gonna tell, I can tell you, this podcast show is gonna later this week, and of course, throughout the uh, throughout the rest of the month of March, the Final Four. When we get closer and closer to April, we'll also mix in other elements with sports. Of course, Brady is gonna be a, you know everybody's. It's gonna be Selection Sunday talk and Tom Brady uh, for the next couple of days in sports. Uh, here on this uh, second week of the month of March, I will go in more depth with Tom Brady in the coming shows later on in the week and whatever sporting news pops up uh, along the way uh, as well. The question, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but it's only available exclusively on the Amatelica TIS podcast channel page on the Spotify app and on Spotify.com. You can answer the question and answer uh the question and answer of the episode, which is who is your favorite to win the national championship and why? Be sure to say why, be sure to submit it. Um, you know, you can see the reply you can see the I can see the replies and you can also see the replies. Again, that's only available via the I'm like a TIS channel page on Spotify. So if you listen to this show on 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 Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Anchor, the best way to do it for you to answer this QA, the only way you can do it is via the Spotify app. Only via the Spotify after the question, the Q&A of the episode, who's your favorite to win a national championship and why? That is a special Selection Sunday episode of Yamataka TIS Podcast in the books. If you like what you heard new to the program, please do not hesitate to subscribe. If you haven't already, share with your friends and family. Follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast on the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it TIS. Follow Colin Russo. Special thanks for him coming on at the top of the show as well. Follow him on Twitter at Colin Russo7. I will talk to you guys later this week. You all stay safe. Have a good one. See you.